Welcome back, guys. Oh, my gosh. Well, for a lot of you, welcome in general. We have uh, some new um, listeners, a new listenership, I suppose. Uh, so welcome. Happy to have you guys. I'm at a loss for words already, which is not a good sign, being that we're a podcast. But uh, I am your host, Amanda. Um, and we used to have a guest host named Rachel, um, but we had like a lot of complaints about her and like, she was not well liked. So we're just, we're going to do without, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rachel's just working tonight. So you, it's just me and you, uh, zero complaints about Rachel. Matter of fact, we've received zero feedback in general. So please leave us a note. Let us know how you're liking the podcast feedback, uh, advice, very new at this. So I'm definitely receptive to that kind of thing. Uh, Rachel, hopefully we'll be back for the next episode, which is episode five, which drops in two weeks. But until then, it's just you and me for this one. So super excited to have you guys all to myself. <laughs> Sounds pervy. Uh, a lot has changed since we last caught up. Uh, a lot. Yeah, we're both working new jobs. So our schedule is a little bit different. Um, Rachel's working like these crazy 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. shifts a few days a week. I don't know how she does that. She's a few well, a couple years younger than me, but like, got to help her. Yeah, I can't do that kind of stuff anymore. Um, I have just completed my first week in training at my new position as well. I'm working in like end of life veterinary care, which I love and adore. It's something very close to my heart. So, um, yeah, needless to say, things are going pretty good on that front. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, this is just a hobby, but uh, I would like it to blow up. So if you guys like it, please share it. Just get us out there. We're really, we're just starting off pretty slow, but it's okay. Like I said, I'm not in this for any real gain, but I would like it to be bigger if, you know, that was a thing that could happen. So, oh. All right. Well, let me move on before we get stuck too much in the small talk. I do have a few things that we need to get into before we jump into the episode, which is what I know all of you are waiting for. So we'll get there uh, first and foremost. Again, if you're not on our Instagram or your TikTok, what are you doing, man? You have to get over there. Other, you like you would have seen these updates that we've been posting if you'd be over there. So hurry up and follow us on either of those platforms. But we are officially out there on in podcast format. We've been listed on pretty much every major podcasting platform that there is. Uh, the only exception to that being Apple Podcasts, which is in progress. So hopefully within the next couple of days, we hear back from them. We're just waiting on basically confirmation. Uh, and then we'll be on Apple Podcasts, but we're on basically every other major one, um, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Index, Amazon Music, TuneIn with Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Listen Notes, and last but not least, Player FM. If there's another host site that you want to hear us on or an app or something, shoot us a message. I will get it up there. Just, you know, wherever you are, take us with you. We can be with you. We like fun stuff. Take us to go do fun stuff. Or if you got to run errands, take us there too. Just, you know, let us get out there. Let us live vicariously through you guys because Lord knows I don't got anything going on in my life to talk about. Rachel, maybe, but we wouldn't know because she's slaving away during a 12-hour shift right now. So, bless her little heart. Well, now that that's over the way, out of the way, let's go over our socials one more time because 
I really do love hearing from you guys and being connected with like our listeners. That's just part of what makes podcasting fun. I think that's my favorite part about it is getting to interact with you guys. So we do post on Instagram pretty regularly. And by we, I mean me, because I do the Instagram and social media stuff. Um, But I post on Instagram pretty regularly. I'm trying to get out there more. And we've been um, kind of putting with the TikTok TikTok content. But don't worry, there'll be better videos to come. I'll get it together. It's just, it's a lot. You know, I work two jobs. It's coming coming some slack. But we'll get it out there. Don't you worry. Um, speaking of interacting, we heard a lot about episode three from you guys. I want to thank everyone for sharing their opinion, uh, especially on our question of the week post. You guys engaged a lot. I really love that. Uh, it turns out episode three was kind of a gut wrencher for a lot of you. I get that. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, if you're going to listen to the story, we're not, we're not going to half-ass things around here. When you get the story, you get all of it. Um, and so, you know, a lot of that might be really gruesome, grisly details, but, that's why we try to add, you know, a little bit of humor, not to make light of any of our victims at all, but just make it the pill a little easier to swallow, if you know what I mean. Uh, just, you know, helps consume that kind of content if there's a little dark humor laced in there to kind of pull you out of the serious. We like to bum you out and bring you down, but then we get you back up. So, <laughs> as I like to say. Anyways, speaking of question of the week, I did want to go over some of the answers that we got because you guys um, did give us quite a lot. Uh, The question of the week was, do you believe in the death penalty for convicts that have proven guilt of heinous crimes? And then why or why not? This question came directly from episode three uh, that we had. Um, Kitty Genovese, which was a, a woman in New York who was brutally murdered among like dozens and dozens of her neighbors uh, it was in the wee hours of the morning, so I don't want to paint out, you know, too much of a synopsis, but just go listen to it. You'll hear other, all the details really, really gnarly, a lot of triggering content in there. So if you're someone who has issues with that, definitely, you know, check the episode description and we do post the triggers so that you can avoid that if that's something that affects you. So some of the answers that we got to our question, which we posted on TikTok and Instagram were... Deborah Dunn 01 on TikTok, she commented, yes, the worst of the worst should. So she believes that the worst of the worst convicts should get the death penalty. Uh, Chad Hendley on TikTok commented, yes, so what is done to another be done on them is my reasoning, which I think is a pretty common thought, um, you know, do unto others, eye for an eye along that realm. Um, Rome, Rompa Stampa 53, definitely approve of that username. They said, if it doesn't cost more like it does now, um, that comment was on TikTok. I'm assuming they're speculating towards the cost of, uh, inmate housing and, you know, meals and such. Dennis Morris 232 on TikTok wrote definitely. So he agrees. Death penalty. Yes. Um, hilarity underscore 86 on TikTok wrote death penalty for pedophiles as long as it is proven behind beyond a shadow of a doubt. And then Mike might be more on TikTok responded. Yes. Uh, so thank everybody on TikTok who commented on that. I also want to jump over to Instagram real quick because we had a few people comment over there. Uh, we had nightmare underscore story underscore time that replied Great question. I'm not sure really if I am for or against. What I do think is their death is too easy. They made their victims suffer. So I believe that putting them to death is the easy way out, especially because they got treated better on death row from what I've seen. I could be wrong about this. It's just what I've seen on TV. TVs, pets, better food. Punishment needs to be worse for them. 
So I think what they're saying is that, you know, they're treated too well in these prison systems. And so they do these heinous crimes uh, and destroy lives. And then they're treated, you know, with all these um, niceties like pets and televisions and and food choices. So definitely a good point. Um, So, yeah, that was some really, really great answers. Thank you guys again. Uh, We'll definitely be posting the question of the week tonight. Um, and then you guys can head on over to either TikTok or Instagram to answer those. And then again, your answers will be read on episode five, which we'll, po- we'll talk about in a little bit, some information about what's to come. Um, so again, thank you everybody for answering that question of the week. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing your answer and your username be read out loud. Please guys, I don't know if any of them are receptive to this, but if you like a particular answer, go find them, follow them. If they don't want you added them. They'll just decline you. So. I didn't ask anybody if they wanted that, but some people might want the visibility. So, all right. Uh, I do want to take a quick second, update everyone on the paranormal project that I've been co-hosting with. Uh, it's been myself, the conversation cabin haunts cast and miss spooky obsessed. We've kind of been partnering on a mini series, um, more paranormal realm, more than like the true crime that we're doing here. Uh, but we just launched, we had episode one, which was a live meeting that all four of us had. It was our first episode, lots of tech problems. I'll say right away, uh, we had to restart a couple times. Uh, we were not aware there was an hour cap, so it ended up being almost a three-hour episode. So I don't have a way at this time to get three hours worth of content onto our server without paying a bunch more money. And I, just between you and me and the other 6,000 people, hopefully, that are going to listen to this someday. I don't have that kind of dough right now. So we're doing this cheaply. That's why, you know, I'm very open and transparent with you guys. We're just a couple broke bitches trying to let people listen to us talk about grizzly murders and animal attacks. So that being said, um, we will be putting episode two, which hopefully will be a little more consolidated. I am going to talk about potentially getting episode one edited down to like the bullets or something of that nature and getting that posted. I do have to talk to the other co-hosts to see what we're going to do about that, or we might even re-record it. I'm not sure, but either way, if you're down for three hours of really good juicy content about skinwalkers and UFOs, please head over to, for the time being, the conversation cabin on Instagram because um, I'm sure she's got portions or all of it posted up there. Uh, if you really, really want it, let me know and I can forward it to you. But <coughs> Ooh, pardon me, but I can forward it to you. I just have to figure out a way to do so because like I said, it's lengthy. <clears throat> pardon me. Take a little sippy sip of my water. Feel free to get up and get a beverage if you'd like before we (laughs) launch into some more of our stuff. So anyways, that next episode that we're launching, the second uh, episode of the first series of the Paranormal Project, Top Terror Tuesdays, um, Mysteries of the Uinta Basin, that will be airing on April 11th. Um, So that'll be going up there probably live as well. I think we're using Podbean for our host site. Uh, for that. So stay tuned. Our Instagram is going to have more information about where you can go to listen to that. If that's your cup of tea Um, real quick, one couple more other little points before we delve in. I know I'm losing you guys. I just want to shout out a few of our most recent followers that have been pretty um, interactive with us on Instagram. Really appreciate your followership and your messages and, you know, urging like what's the links to listen. And I really appreciate that. So I'm going to call some of you guys out right now. M Dripon9938, Tillers.oath.llc, Steve Podcast, The Truth Tank, Best Podcast Promoter, Official underscore semi underscore 09, 
the underscore great underscore Gatsby underscore green apple dot podcast dot promoter Mika Rybers 13 that paranormal chick paranormal outlet <clears throat> frightful acades ac- frightful acades sorry I'm horrible <laughs> paranormal open mic twisted chamber serial killers of the world Military underscore veterans underscore paranormal. Have you met her podcast, which I'm super excited to tune into what they've got. Uh, Raylene Funk. Sister Sesh podcast. Another thing I'm interested in. Nippon 69 underscore podcast underscore promo. There's just a few of you guys who have been, you know, liked a few of our posts. Um, I know, you know, you followed me and then our listener count went up by one or something. I just assume it's you. So I do appreciate it. Really, really. There's so many more. I just don't want to lose our listeners today because I've already taken up 15 minutes of your time before you've even gotten into the good stuff. Um, But from the depths of my heart and from Rachel's heart, you guys have been really great. I really feel just so included in this community of podcasts. If we grow into anything cool, it'll be because of you guys and you awesome possums. So thank you. All right. And then... As I always mention, this episode that we're finally about to get into does discuss some kind of triggering content. This one's pretty light as far as what we normally discuss, um, but it does still involve an animal attack and a death. Uh, So listener discretion is absolutely advised. If any of those subjects are triggering to you, please skip this episode or probably all of our episodes. uh, Because if you heard our stuff, I mean, (laughs) and then as usual, this is not for the kiddos or the babies. You got to give them the tablet, give them the tablet, give them the iPhone, give them a popsicle. Just don't listen to this around your kiddos unless you want uh, a little Dahmer growing up in your house. So without further ado, here is episode four. No, is that not, is that not how our intro goes? Okay, I'll just get into it. (laughs) Our story starts in a beautiful sunny June day, June 3rd to be specific. And this is in 1937. Unfortunately for us, 1937 was a year of very little technologic advancement. And so I sadly don't have a whole lot of information about the beginning decades of this episode's victim. But we'll go over what we do know. That gorgeous June day, a bouncing baby girl was brought into the world lovingly by her parents and named Gloria. She grew up like any other girl in her time, and as she matured into a little girl and then a young lady and then a young adult, her life flew by in the blink of an eye. She met and married a wonderful man named Charles Serge, and so there she became Gloria Serge. I couldn't find her maiden name. I tried my best. We'll go over that later. Charles and Gloria were the perfect couple, soulmates for sure. They spent many years just living their life and building it together. Uh, They had this adorable little home, and then they started having children. So they had three kids, uh, Kathleen, Karen, and Patricia, three girls, poor Charles, but three beautiful girls that all grew up um, upholding Christian values. The whole family lived a great life. From what I could tell, they were in Levittown, which was in New York at the time, Um, raised their children to be good, decent people, hardworking Charles. Glory was a great homemaker, stayed home, took care of the kids. Just really great traditional American family dreams all over the place right there. 
her children would eventually grow up and then go on to marry as well. And then, you know, they would all have families of their own. Uh, all in all, over the years, um, they gave Gloria and her husband, Charles, 15 grandchildren and then three great-grandchildren, which is pretty impressive. Like, they were busy. There was Sterility was definitely not a concern genetically, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but good for them. If they're listening, I'm, I'm not trying to poke fun. I'm just trying to keep it light. Rachel's not here today to help me with that. She's usually the better at that. But just really, really great um, reproductive motivation there. Yeah. So Gloria and Charles, they have all these children and grandchildren. So they basically spend a lot of their senior years in life just, you know, dedicating their time to them, hanging out with the family, exploring new life with empty nest. You know, they eventually retired and then decided to relocate to Florida and they settled down in Fort Pierce. And um, this may or may not require a correction later on. From what I could find, they lived in a home together. Uh, in a 55 and owner community called Spanish Lakes Fairway. I did find some contradicting information about that, that she may have moved into that home uh, on her own later on, but I just want to get that out of the way now. I'm going to word it the way I, I saw it most worded, but just know there's some doubt in the air about who lived there and for how long and if they were married there. Regardless, Spanish Lakes is a beautiful community, by the way. Um, there's little ponds everywhere. There's like little paved walkways. It's everything that a cute retired couple could hope for. Everything was just picture perfect. <clears throat> but that picture perfect life, however, like everything else, it doesn't last forever. Uh, and in all of our stories, it never does. Charles ends up passing away on August 28, 2018. And poor Gloria is suddenly alone uh, at the age of 80 years old. So understandably, she is devastated, just stricken with grief. Her family makes a really good effort, you know, spend more time with her, make her, you know, know that she's not alone, so visit her regularly. So they go on Disney trips and they enjoy these dinners at a Borelli's restaurant. And she goes shoe shopping with her granddaughter, really just valuing that family time. Um Still a great homemaker, so she still enjoyed taking care of people and cooking and family events. Uh, but she was a little lonely living on her own finally after so many years. So she gets a little dog to keep her company. And when I tell you, that little dog became her life. Like, and I'm about as obsessed with animals as you can get. Um, and this this woman's devotion to her dog rivals that of even my own. So I'm pretty impressed. Like props go to Gloria for being a good dog mom. And that little dog was just her bestest buddy. She was always seen by her neighbors like walking around, enjoying her community with the little pup. The dog was really inquisitive and just by nature, you know, wanted to investigate everything. So just saw a lot of her. It got her out of the house. It's cute, cute little thing. Um, so let's jump a few years ahead now from Charles's death. We'll jump to February 20th, 2023. And before we move on again, what's relevant about that date? And none of you probably know. Rachel would know if she was here. Can you tell I miss her? Um, anyway, but February 20th is my birthday, which is not a happy thing considering not to spoil the ending, but like you do know what podcast you're listening to. None of our victims like get happy story, happy endings, you know, but anyway, Monday, February 20th, it's around noon, midday, Gloria Surge is in, you know, living alone as, as she has for the past five years at this point, um, in her Spanish Lakes Fairway community in Fort Pierce, Florida. 
So she's retired and she gets bored with her long days because she doesn't, you know, she has family and stuff. But from what I can tell, most of them still live up north. So she really, she's living for those visits. But past that, life's probably pretty monotonous at this point. So she decides to take her pup for a little walkie walk around her neighborhood. You know, it's lunchtime, nice and warm outside, normal, you know. So her little pup probably weighs less than 10 pounds. I couldn't really get an idea of a breed. Based on the photo, I'd say like a Yorkie mix or some Maltese mix, some little fluffy hair little pup. I'll post video, but it's really grainy. It's from like a security camera, so it just can't really make out the breed. But like less than 10 pounds, soaking wet, this little pup. And the pup's just walking around on the leash and exploring, sniffing the grass, walking to the edge of the pond, sniffing the water, being a good little pup pup. Uh, and inside her home, adjacent to where Gloria stands, walking her dog by the pond, Carol Thomas is inside her home, opening her bedroom window for just some fresh air and a little breeze to come through her home. And Carol Thomas is Gloria's neighbor. And the two had, you know, talked before. They were neighbors. They were friendly. So Carol looks outside and sees Gloria walking her dog, just kind of smiles to herself and watches the little dog as he sniffs around the water's edge of the retention pond. Uh, and this pond kind of like split the community. There was like homes in, on the other end and grass on the other side. So just like you know, if you're in Florida, you're kind of familiar with these little ponds that I'm not really sure why they exist beyond there's so much dang water down here and the rainy season, all that water needs somewhere to go. I'm imagining that's what it's for. But at any rate, Gloria is slowly walking beside her dog, waiting for him to finish investigating. Then she turns her back to the water as the dog begins exploring some grass. Uh, Carol was about to depart the window after she opened it when she suddenly sees some movement near Gloria and her dog. So she kind of just starts paying attention, watching a little more carefully, and watches in horror as an enormous alligator stealthily cruises through the water up to the bank, skillfully glides onto the grass, and launches itself for Gloria's beloved little dog. Gloria turns in time to see the huge 10-foot reptile, 10 feet, and rips her dog out of the alligator's attempted grasp, just kind of moves it around um, best she can. The dog kind of tries to dart away, but his movement is pretty severely limited by the leash that's attached. And Carol can do nothing but just watch from inside her bedroom window, uh, stunned and speechless, just watching everything go down. So Gloria's stumbling around uh, in all of the chaos, trying to get her dog away from the alligator, trying to save her beloved pet from ending up as a snack to this huge gator. Uh, the gator's kind of messing around with the dog for a few seconds. And then in the chaos of stumbling around, Gloria kind of trips and stumbles. Uh, and the gator moves his focus and moves it to Gloria. And with one swift opening of the gator's massive jaws, he clamps down around Gloria's ankle and foot and drags her onto the bank and into the water. <clears throat> Gloria is able to stay afloat initially and Carol races out of her home and towards Gloria and the dog remains on the embankment, just barking and yipping and running and just freaking out. Gloria's freaking out as well. Cor Carol, the neighbor, after she dashes out of her house, she grabs her phone and calls 911, which diverts her attention just a little bit from Gloria, who's splashing in the pond. She just turns to dial. And when she looks back up and she connects with the emergency operator, Gloria is under the surface of the water and is nowhere to be seen. Carol tries to convey to the operator the urgency of the situation. And sadly, the operator was just quite cold and rude. 
uh, and begins basically shouting over her for the address and just being just being pretty rude. Uh, we'll we'll actually listen to that nine one one call at the conclusion of our story. Um, but you know, Carol ignores this the the rude operator and continues to try to explain what she just witnessed. And then she sees Gloria surface again. This time, about five feet away from the edge of the pond. So Gloria kind of pops up and starts brushing her hair out of her face with her hands, making these big gasps for air. Carol's yelling to her. She's like, swim. She thought there was like, I think like a boat or some kind of a structure in the pond that would have, you know, essentially helped you to get out of the water. And she starts yelling at Gloria to swim towards it or to swim towards her. But to Carol's horror, Gloria replies, I can't. The alligator has me. So Carol was still on the phone, you know, glancing around, trying to think on her feet. She finds a solution. So she thinks she sees this little hook and I think they're called shepherd hooks or shepherd's hooks. People put them in their garden, usually as decor and to hold plants and whatnot. Uh, but it's just like a little white hook that was just kind of in the, in the ground, little staff of some kind. And then her line of thought is, is I'm going to stick this out though. She can grab it and I can pull her in. So she rips the hook from the ground, turns back to the water. Gloria again is gone from the surface. So she's scanning the water carefully. And 911 in the meantime is like transferring her to some other agent for some reason. Um, and she's just watching the water carefully. And it's just, you know, the ripples are fading. It's becoming still. Carol gathers herself. She's traumatized and shaking, um, but she collects herself enough to go get her Gloria's dog, who is surprisingly unharmed. Um, and then she gets the dog and returns to her home to await the police. And finally, emergency responders do arrive. And they search the pond and uncover Gloria Surge's body. Uh, and at 85, they declare her deceased. They also uncover the 10-foot alligator among, I believe, two other sizable reptiles that were located within the community ponds. Um, all of them were um, euthanized or disposed of. I think in Florida, they have a rule that over six foot makes them a nuisance gator, uh, and they just euthanize them. Under six foot, I think they can relocate them, but I think it varies. <clears throat> At least that's what I could find on my local um, Fish and Wildlife uh, resource website. So that is a very sad end to Gloria Surge's beautiful life. Her family, understandably, was devastated. They shared a lot of beautiful memories that they held with her on many of her obituaries. And it was really nice to read, like, such the wonderful things that they just said about her. Um, she truly was a, a light in a lot of lives. And I'm so, so sorry to her family who had to learn of her demise in this fashion. Just really terrible. Uh, and then the guy who was finally able to catch the 10-foot reptile out of the pond, the alligator trapper, his name was Robert Lilly, and he had quoted as saying the following. Robert said, It was definitely a fight. We snagged him on the bottom, but he wouldn't surface. He stayed down the whole time. We were finally able to get a second hook in him and then a hard line, and then we could get him up. So I'm not really sure what a hard line is. Um, but that's pretty even, you know professional alligator trapper trying to like 10 foot's a big alligator. We'll talk about like some of the more average sizes here in a minute, but I do want to play. Um, I do have the unfortunate nine one one call, um, that Carol had made to the operator regarding Gloria. So we are going to talk about that. Um, but first I'm going to play it and it is about five and a half minutes long. So just be prepared. The content that you hear, um, is pretty revolting in terms of how Carol is spoken to by the operator while she's watching, um, her friend and neighbor, you know, drown essentially. Um, 
but there is, you know, a lot of some of the language used to describe things can get a little graphic. So just again, listener discretion advised. It's my squeaky ass chair in the background. Don't mind me. Like I said, cheap and unedited is how we do things here. (laughs) All right. This is the 911 call from Carol Thomas uh, that was called in shortly after noon on Monday, February 20th. 
Behind your house is yes, careful, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Her dog's lost. I just oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, I need, you. Uh, I need you to calm down, or you're gonna end up needing a rescue too. Do you need a no, rescue? Are you okay? No, I'm not even here. Huh? Are you okay though? Are you, are you, you don't need a rescue, right? No, I don't. Okay. okay, no, I have somebody no, coming. No. I have somebody coming from her, for her, okay? Do you don't, you still don't see her? Come on, honey. I gotta get her dog so people can get her. Okay, so the dog and let me let him in. The dog and he's all wet. I'm gonna put him on the little porch. Okay. Come on, honey, calm down. He's so frightened. God. Oh my God. I don't know why people walk their little bitty dogs near the lake. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, my God. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't. I know. I couldn't get down. I know, but I want you, I need you to stay away from the water, too. I am. I am. Okay. I am. I couldn't get and you, and you have her dog, right? The dog is alive? I put him inside. Oh, okay. I put him inside. Okay. I said, swim to the bank, swim to the bank, but she said, I can't see alligators, got me. So that was the very horrifying call uh, that Carol Thomas made uh, during Gloria Surge's last moments uh, alive. And everything from the attitude of the operator to the way that the fire department handled it after it was transferred. I don't, for one, know, I don't, I guess I don't know the back end of emergency response systems, but I don't understand why she had to tell what was happening twice. I, I don't know why fire is a firefighter more qualified to work with an alligator than a police officer. I don't know. Seems like the police officer with the gun would be the one. I don't know. Again, if I'm wrong, by all means, correct me, but just, you know, I understand that the operator had a hard time hearing, but to kind of shout over her and then the fire department, you know, to ignore the situation at hand and ask her, well, do you need rescue? She's like, no, the woman in the water needs it. She's like, oh, well, no, no, no. Yeah, no, we got her. But like, do you like just to witness something like that and then call for help and the people are like gaslighting you on your 911 call? Just, I don't know. That's really really sad. Carol Thomas, if you ever hear this, that lady was a hard bitch to you. And I'm really sorry that you didn't have more compassion during that call. Disgusting. Um, if you're the operator, then I don't know, take some classes on compassion, do your job a little bit better. I, if I ever had to call 911 for something and I got a girl like that on the other end, I don't know that I would have been able to keep, keep my, um, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I would have lost my shit on you is what I'm trying to say. Uh, my composure, I would not have kept my composure the way that Carol did. So good job, Carol, on trying to save Gloria, your neighbor. You did a great job. Um, definitely nothing that you did wrong whatsoever in any of that. So cool. Well, I want to move on to, well, not cool. You know what I mean? 
But I do want to move on to some alligator facts. Um, I know that after hearing that call, everybody's pretty much like, oh, we hate alligators. But listen, there's a big factor. And Carol said it during the call. And it's, you know, not something that a lot of people think about. But if you live in places where alligators live, you have to be aware. You can't walk your dogs by areas of water. You really shouldn't even be walking by areas of water. You have to assume if you live in Florida or like North Carolina or anywhere where alligators you know, habituate, you have to assume that any body of water has a potential alligator from a puddle to a drainage ditch to a pond to a lake to a river to the ocean. You just have to assume because they're usually there and it's, you know, nine times out of 10, nothing happens, but they're opportunistic. So don't be that one. We don't want to make stories about you on our podcast. We don't want to discuss your death. We don't want to discuss anyone's death on here. But with that being said, let's get into some cool, the science part, um, which I love doing for the animal episodes specifically because I feel like we get to learn a lot about the animals. Whereas when it's murderers, I don't really want to learn all that much about them because like F them, they're murderers, you know, like I'll like look into your history a little bit, but I'm not going to fangirl over you. Alligators, however, yeah, kind of cool. So let's go over some stuff. (coughs) Gosh, you know, I don't know what is going on with my throat. It's a burning or something, but I'm sure the audio is like pretty reliably awful at this point. So who am I here to offend, you know? Okay. So the American alligator is a member of the crocodilians family. Crocodilians date back over 245 million years into the Mesozoic era. Uh, Those are pretty distant descendants, however. More modern crocodilians popped up about 80 million years ago uh, during the Cretaceous period. They are one of the very few species that survived the biggest extinction event on record. If you can guess it, guess it now. The extinction of the dinosaurs. Yes. So they are considered living dinosaurs. And if we want to split hairs, uh, they have, you know... um, Evolved a little bit, but they are basically the same as their counterpart of 80 million years ago. So dinosaurs, kind of neat if you think about it. Uh, they are soups popular. There's about 4.5 million of them hanging around the world. Estimated that 1.25 million of them are in Florida alone. That's pretty nuts. <clears throat> so 1.25 million alligators. You think people would be getting eaten left and right down here? We'll talk about that too. Altogether, there are nine genera and 28 species of the crocodilia family, but we're going to discuss the one in this episode, which is the American alligator, or the Latin name, which I'll slaughter here for you now, alligator mississippiensis, mississippiensis, mississippiensis. All right. Well, if you want to be technical, that's their name, but they belong to the family alligatoridae, alligatoridae. I should practice this shit, you know? I write it, but I don't say it. Okay. This does not include crocodiles, however, so that means American alligators are speculated to be the largest of the Alligatoridae family. The Alligatoridae. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But uh, we're going to focus on that part of the family. So they can reach up to 11.2 feet, and that's kind of the average of the high end. (coughs) Pardon me again. That's 3.4 meters for you non-Americans or normals. Um, they can weigh up to half a ton, which is a thousand pounds or 454 kilogram. Uh, that is sometimes debated. Black caiman do have the potential to grow larger, 
Um, but we're going to go off of averages for the sake of confusion. So can, if you go by averages, it's the American alligator. Uh, if you go by like ever, it's the black caiman. Uh, American alligators are native to the Southeast United States. They are one of only two existing species in the genus. All of the rest are extinct. Uh, their color patterns range from black, gray, brown, and olive green. They can sometimes be a model of a couple of those. They were first classified as a species in 1801 by a French zoologist named Francois-Marie Dodin. Dodin? I bet high school was fun for a Francois-Marie. Anyway, they are at least listed of least concern by IUCN. So they're doing fine despite humans encroaching on all of their land, basically outside of the Everglades. I live here, so there's... They're knocking down a lot of land and it might not all be alligator land, but it's still pretty sad. And I get there's a lot of it, but it hurts my heart to, you know, I've only been here a few years to go from like lots of land all over the place to all these new houses and the traffic influx. Ugh, it's the worst. And they are building in some alligator habitat too, which sucks. Alligators do inhabit swampy niches, um, particularly like Arkansas, Alabama, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, of course, Louisiana, and even some parts of Texas. Um, but it's decided that alligators in the more northern regions are much smaller than their southern counterparts. So the ones that you'll see up in those northern, like North Carolina, they're going to be a lot smaller than what you get down in like the Keys uh, and the Everglades. And that's likely due to the size of their prey varying. Uh, they're larger down south. Uh, and is also probably the availability of prey items that there's like a lot more of it down here. So their prey typically includes tit uh, turtles, tittles, tur tittles, turtles, birds, and large vertebrates. But they're opportunistic and will make a meal out of basically anything that they can find. They've had some pretty gnarly stuff pulled out of their stomachs before. Um, their huge, powerful mouths are home to between 74 and 80 razor sharp teeth when they're adults. They have a jaw force of 1,000, I'm sorry, 13,172 newtons, which I looked it up and it's really hard to explain how they measure newtons, but basically it's when they're measuring the force relevant to like their size, their muscle mass. So obviously, you know, a pit bull and an alligator are going to have different jaw forces, but you have to equate into that the, the size difference and the muscle difference between the two. So in comparison, um, about 2,100 pounds per square inch an alligator has, 2,125 to be specific. A uh, saltwater crocodile's example, um, they hover around 3,700 pounds per square inch. So they're nowhere near as strong as um, crocodiles. They do have something interesting, though. They're pretty strong biting down, but they're, like, almost pathetic trying to open their mouths. Like you can hold their mouth shut with your bare hands. They do not have a whole lot of muscles intended for opening the jaw so much as slamming them shut. We've all heard that alligator slap, either in person or an alligator farm, which I don't condone going to. Um, or if you, you know, watch any animal planet or anything of that nature, they'll clap their jaws and it's pretty crazy. Uh, they can like smash pumpkins and watermelons in one chomp. They have some pretty crazy mouths. <clears throat> um, they are also 75% or maybe a little more less deadly when compared to crocodiles. So usually in crocodiles versus alligators, Four more, like you have basically four times more likely to die if you're with a crocodile versus an alligator in an attack scenario. Um, so especially like those saltwater crocs in like Australia, I think Indian might have some. Those are like, you don't want to mess with those at all. I'd swim in a pool of alligators before I jumped in a lake with one saltwater croc from Australia. Uh, of course, they are opportunistic predators. They don't really view humans as a typical prey source, which is how so many people in Florida manage to 
um, carry on like a outdoors life. Like I hike a lot, you know, I kayak a lot. I do see gators out in the wild. They don't want anything to do with me. They try to scurry away or they'll go into the water and shoot away from me. So I've never had a concern with an alligator. Uh, I did have one try to approach me in the ocean one time. That's a story for another day or maybe today. Maybe we'll tell it at the end if we have time since Rachel's not here. We can't do some of our segments, but anyhow, um, yeah, they're opportunistic. So, you know, if they think that they have a chance at a quick meal, like an elderly woman splashing around who's just trying to struggle to keep her head above water, like that's a pretty easy meal from an alligator's point of view. Uh, You know, an elderly lady falling uh, right on the edge of the water and kind of flailing and having a hard time getting away, that's an easy meal from an alligator's perspective or point of view. So I'm not condoning anything. But from the alligator, he's like, why wouldn't I go for this? This is almost like a definite, easy, like, it's not like she's going to be able to fight back much. I don't want to be crude, but it's just the, the fact of the matter. When you're elderly, your reserves are limited as to what you can do in a situation like that. So I think that the alligator was pretty confident and correct in being like, this is something that I can for sure take down with minimal effort and without being injured ended up that he was killed, but he obviously didn't know that uh, at the time. So you can't really be mad at an alligator for acting like an alligator is my point. Um, the best thing we can do is avoid our interactions with them and keep ourselves safe with knowledge. Um, so just want to go over because 10 feet, it's a pretty sizable alligator. Like, you know, and the, like on average, you get up to 11. So it's a pretty good sized, average size adult alligator. Uh, But I want to give you a glimpse into a couple of the world record gators. So the alligator that holds the world record right now in terms of size and mass was measured in Alabama in 2014. And it was reported to be 15 feet, nine inches in length and weighed 1,011 pounds, which is absurd that a reptile can be 15 feet and weigh 1,000 pounds. Crazy. There's also an unproven report. I wouldn't say unproven. It's report, but it was not like verified by any like official. But um, there's a report of a 13 foot and three inch gator weighed 1,380 pounds. It was killed right here in Florida a few years back. So pretty, pretty gnarly. Oh, gosh. Well, now uh, we are here for our segments, which seems so lonely to do alone. Just so, so lonely. I'm going to envision lots of you listening to help get me through this so I don't feel lame. Because let me tell you, nothing makes you feel lamer than sitting in a room by yourself talking to a computer as if it's a person. Like, just know the effort to do this. I really love you guys. (laughs) All right. All right. Enough of that. Our too cool for school fact so did you know? This is pretty wild. I actually did know this, but a lot of people don't. Alligators' eggs hatch into genders that are predicted by the temperature that the eggs were incubated in. Doesn't make sense, right? Well, I'm going to explain it. So I took this straight from naturejournal.com because they had the most straightforward like explanation. So I'm going to read it word for word on their study. They wrote... Studies found the American alligator's eggs when incubated at 34 degrees Celsius or 93.2 degrees Fahrenheit and above produces mostly males while the eggs incubated at a lower temperature like 30 degrees Celsius, which is 86 degrees Fahrenheit and below produces mostly females. So very interesting that the temperature of the nest will predict what gender the alligators will be when they're, when they're hatched, which is amazing to me. Uh, and that means that if the nest is laid on a riverbank in the sunlight, which many of the Florida ones do, the offspring will mostly be males, which is really unique that they're so self-sufficient down here. 
They must breed easily enough, but it's just there's so many of them down here in Florida. And all of these eggs are on river banks in the sunlight or on canal banks in the sunlight. I mean, we're just hot spot for water. We're practically under sea level. So that's pretty cool. I thought that was a really interesting, too cool for school fact. Uh, I did have a what would Rachel do? We're unfortunately not going to do that because Rachel's not here. So I'm going to tell you what I would do. Uh, I would not have had my small dog that close. I would not have been near a retention pond, much less with a small dog, uh, much less with any dog. Um, yeah, I'm pretty alligator savvy. Like I know that I'm pretty safe from them in terms of if I just stay smart and aware, I'm not going to get hurt by one. But I do recognize them as a threat. Like if something happens where I'm kayaking, my boat takes on water and I'm in the water with them, that is definitely a fear that almost immediately is going to be in the forefront of my mind. I'm going to say, oh, I live in Florida and I'm in a body of water and I can't see the bottom. There's probably an alligator in this. And that's just the nature of the, of the truth. So I would not have chosen that area to walk in. I would have, um, I don't know, if I were going to walk by that pond, I would have kept a good distance and I would have been with someone, not with a dog, with another person, uh, or just been vigilant about it. Like, I you can walk by ponds and you can do it safely, but you're like dangling, you know, a little bag of chips with you as you're walking essentially is what it looks like to an alligator. It's like it's an easy meal. All they do is walk up a bank and grab it. So don't make it easy. Make it difficult. Alligators are really lazy. If it invests a lot of effort, they're not going to want to do it. So just don't make it easy. Anyway, that's what I would do. I would be vigilant, protect my dog, and um, be aware that there's potential alligator in that pond. And don't feed alligators. So I do want to go over some things about what not to do in the event that you um, are attacked by an alligator. So let's say that all of these tactics I've just discussed, you know, haven't helped. Somehow, boom, you're in front of an alligator and it's advancing on you. What are you going to do? So I did look up some information because although I know what I would do, I don't want to give information based on my opinion. So I found information from the Fish and Wildlife Commission um, the FWC, and they report that if an alligator bites you, the best thing to do is fight back. Provide as much noise and resistance as possible. Hit or kick the alligator, poke it in its eye, do whatever you can to cause it to release its grip. If an alligator sees prey that they cannot easily overpower, they will often let go and retreat. You can also induce an alligator's gag reflex by jamming an object in the back of the mouth. And then when it does try to reposition it, you in its mouth, which they'll do, they'll kind of like open their mouth and chuck you a little clamp to get like a better position or a better bite. That's your chance to escape. So that's the FWC's opinion. I'm going to tell you, if it's that far, if, you, if the alligator has you in its mouth, you've already lost, okay? You've already reduced your chances of survival pretty significantly. Like you're not... There's not a whole lot of situations that you're going to leave that situation. Like you're not going to leave that intact and like doing good. So just don't find yourself in the mouth of an alligator. Be smart, be vigilant. If you think you're in an area inhabited by alligators, look up some stuff about them or bookmark this episode. Listen to this. There's probably other wildlife podcasts you can listen to that'll have more information. Be vigilant, be prepared, be smart. Um, and then I have some information for you about how to avoid alligator attacks as well as, you know, maintaining your distance from retention ponds. Uh, watch where you swim. Swim only during daylight hours. Alligators are most active between dusk and dawn, which is a tip you can utilize for sharks as well. They are also, uh, I think, crepuscular is the term <coughs> that you use for animals that are most active during the dawn and dusk hours. So. 
Um, never swim outside of a posted swimming area. Even in a swimming area, be vigilant. Like, be careful. Closely supervise your children and your pets when you're in and around water. Uh, keep your eye on your children when they're playing in or around the water. Do not allow your pets to swim, exercise, or drink. Uh, that also applies because most of the water in Florida has red tide in it, which is or some kind of toxin, which is dangerous for your pet. Um, algae can be toxic as well, so just don't let your dog drink out of bodies of water down here in general. But according to the FWC, dogs are more susceptible to being bitten than humans because dogs resemble the natural prey of alligators. Uh, the sound of dogs barking and playing could even draw an alligator in. So if you're taking your dog out to a swim, maybe don't. This seems like a stupid one, but do not feed alligators or try to take selfies with them. I know I probably lost a lot of you with that, but listen, it's a thing, okay? It's a thing down here. People see an alligator, they will literally park their car, get out, and approach it for a photo. And then, like, imagine you're trying to take a selfie, too, so you're turning so that you're in the shot with the alligator, okay? And you're holding your phone away from you, and your attention is on your screen to make sure you're in the frame, but you're not looking at that alligator. Now you're looking at your screen that's looking at you in the alligator. So like anything happens, you are a disadvantage because you're not paying attention. So don't do that. People do it a lot down here. It's called being stupid as fuck. But yeah, people do it down here. Don't do it. Um, not only is it a really bad idea to feed or entice an alligator, but it's also illegal in Florida. It teaches them bad habits. They overcome their natural fear of humans. And then they start to associate them with food, which is very, very bad. Not just for people the alligator as well because they're smart and it's really hard to teach them no when they've already learned yes if you do take photos of them do it from a safe distance at least 30 feet do not attempt to get close to it touch it or handle it uh, the law also prohibits killing harassing or possessing alligators except under permit and that is just in florida other states might have laws about killing them i think you can get a hunting license for it in some parts but you can't just not have a permit and just go willy-nilly on an alligator if an alligator's chasing you for whatever reason and you're on land, run. Don't zigzag, too. I heard that stupid shit while looking this up. Don't zigzag. It doesn't do anything. Just get away from it. They're usually afraid of people. They rarely bite humans for reasons other than food. But they are very dangerous in the water or by the shoreline. They can, like, they have these really explosive bursts of speed. They can move very quickly and cover very short distances on land in a fast amount of time. And they can lunge. So if you see one, just high tail it the other way get your ass out of there go the other direction if you see one when you're in the water get out as quickly and as quietly as you can if you splash just like sharks you will attract an alligator's interest because injured prey in the water you know flails and splashes and cries which is a lot of what a person sounds like when they're having fun in the water and playing with their friend and being like hey don't splash me that to them sounds a lot like their prey like a prey item that's dying in the water an easy meal so they perceive that as like a weaker, smaller thing in the water. It might attack it. Again, opportunistic. Um, anytime you show up next to the water, you're assuming some risk. So just keep that in mind. Um, before we drop, my last little point that I want to note. Again, I touched on it a minute ago, but alligators aren't man eaters. They're not monsters, okay? They don't, they don't want to hurt or kill every human that they see. The Most of them are more afraid of us than we are of them. And you wouldn't believe that, but... Honestly. So I pulled some stats about injuries for gators. So in 2021, there were seven major and three minor alligator bites. And this was compiled um, in all of Florida. In 2019, there was one fatality in Florida, five major bites, and five minor bites by alligators. And in 2018, there was one fatality, 
nine major bites and one minor bite on people. So we're trending in a more positive direction because there was no fatality in 2020. We have a fatality already for 23, obviously, because it's just happened. But, you know, all I'm saying is there's 1.25 million alligators in Florida and probably four or five times as many people, if not more, that live here. If they were that dangerous, a lot more people would be dying. They're not that dangerous. Just give them the respect they deserve. They're large, opportunistic predators. Now, with crocodiles, all that goes out the window because they're terrifying and they are one of the few animals that see people as a food source. That's a, a story for another day. We'll talk about crocodiles another time. <sighs> I'm pretty bummed out from all this. I feel like all you guys are going to be like, got the pitchforks out for alligators, but they're really cool animals. I don't want everybody to hate on them, honestly. They're really cool. Um, so I want to go into our joke of the day. This one, usually I do little one-liner dad jokes, and I'm staying with the dad jokes, but this one's a little bit longer because I got to cheer you guys up now. So my joke of the day, a filthy, rich Florida man decides that he wants to throw a party and invites all of his buddies and neighbors. He also invited Leroy, the only redneck in the neighborhood. He held the party around the pool in the backyard of his mansion. Leroy was having a good time. He was drinking and dancing, eating the shrimp, the oysters, flirting with all the women. At the height of the party, the host said, hey, guys. I have a 10-foot man-eating alligator in my pool, and I'll give a million dollars to anyone who has the balls to jump in. So the words were barely out of his mouth when there was a huge splash, and everyone turns around, and there's Leroy in the pool. He's fighting the gator and kicking its rear. Leroy was jabbing in the eyes with his thumbs, throwing punches, headbutts, chokeholds, biting the alligator on his tail, flipping it through the air like some kind of hillbilly judo instructor. The water was churning and splashing everywhere, and both Leroy and the gator were screaming and raising heck. Finally, Leroy strangled the alligator and let it float to the top like a dime store goldfish. Leroy then slowly climbed out of the pool. Everybody was just staring at him in disbelief. Finally, the host says, well, Leroy, I reckon I owe you a million dollars. Leroy replies, no, that's okay, I don't want it. The rich man was shocked and said, man, I have to give you something. You won the bet. How about a half a million bucks then? No, thanks. I don't want it, Leroy said again. The host is like, come on. I insist on giving you something. That was amazing. How about a new Porsche and a Rolex and maybe some stock options? Again, Leroy declined and said no. Confused, the rich man was like, well then, Leroy, what the heck do you want? Leroy replies, I want the name of the son of a bitch that pushed me in the damn pool. <laughs> I thought that was cute. A little longer than normal, but we got to stick with the dad jokes. I thought there was a really dirty one that I'd love to say, but I don't know if we're, we're there yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get shut down before we hit episode five, at least. So maybe on like episode 15 or 20, when we've established a viewership or listenership, we'll see. <laughs> All right. I also want to give you guys the hint for episode five. It does air at 5 p.m. on Tuesday, April 18th, so two weeks from today. Um, my hint is short but sweet. Not all who wander are lost, but some are. So, ooh, foreshadow, spooky. Ooh. Also, I want to explain my hint from last time because a lot of people were confused. See you later, alligator. So if you got that right, good job. But it was because this episode's about alligator, an alligator attack. Anyway, stay tuned. Episode airs on Tuesday, April 18th, 5 p.m. And again, we're like all over the place now. So check us out on Spotify or if you like, you know, Amazon or if you like Google Podcasts. 
whatever. Just don't do Apple yet. I'll let everybody know via Instagram and TikTok when Apple's up. But that's in progress. Everything else, so we're good to go. Whatever you want to do, just get there. Podcast, addict, you know, all of them. All of them. Um, do you want to go over our sources again? Um, we're very transparent about who we use for the sources. So all the information disclosed within this episode was collected and cross-referenced by myself from the following websites. NewYorkTimes.com, DignityMemorial.com, NBCNews.com, DailyCaller.com, MyLife.com, Wikipedia.com, Legacy.com, IUCN.com. Again, if any of the information that I got in this episode was wrong or if I messed anything up at all, please do let me know. Accuracy is really my number one priority with this. I want it all to be reliable, factual. We don't want to fear monger, go off of any, you know, tabloids. So if you know something I don't or if I got anything wrong or several things wrong, please don't be shy. Shoot us a message. You can either DM us on Instagram at one nothing podcast. You can hit us up on TikTok at one nothing podcast, or you can email one nothing podcast at gmail.com. Uh, however you get it to us, just get it to us and I'll be sure to publish a, you know, correction and go over everything that we got wrong. So I wanted to thank you again. You guys have been great. Hit us up on our social media. If you want us on other social media, let me know. I'm accommodating. I'll, you know, whatever you guys want, I'll do it. Just be nice about it. Say please. Be appreciative. No, you don't have to even do those. I'll do it. I'll do it all. I'm a I'm a hoe for you guys. Now that's Rachel's job. <laughs> Well, guys, it was a really great time hanging out with you. I want to end it on our question of the week, which we'll be posting tonight. So please head on over to Instagram or TikTok to answer those questions. You can email that as well if you'd like. Um, And I'll be sure to read them all out loud on our next episode on April 18th. We're also going to shout out some new followers during that episode. So if you like what you heard on this one, listen in for the next one. It'll be even gnarlier. They just get, you know, we rotate between different creepy, crazy, gnarly scenarios. Um, so yeah, our question of the week for it is, have you ever had an interaction with a wild animal that was not positive? And then if you have, tell us about it. Let me know how it went. Maybe one day you can be featured on our one somethings, which we'll, we'll interview survival stories on. Um, so yeah, if we ever get that kind of interest, we'll definitely consider doing that. But that's our question of the week. Head over to our Instagram or TikTok or Gmail and answer it and we'll read it out loud during the next one. All right, guys. Well, it was a real fun hour hanging out with you. Uh, I hope wherever you're off to that you have a great day. Um, Don't let this episode bum you out too much. At least, you know, we went over someone who lived a full life this time. So normally our victims are fairly young. All right, guys, have a good one. And until next time, stay alive.